Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I want to start, though, with Simone Biles' news. Okay, she's not going to she's not going to um perform as part of the individuals which are upcoming is today Tuesday? Yeah, Thursday. So there was some question today's Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday because I did the herd Monday. I'm sorry, my days are all confused. So today's Wednesday. Tomorrow or tomorrow Tokyo time. They were supposed to have the individual, um, uh, what is it, in- individual, the, the individuals, okay, for gymnastics. She's 
going to take some time to herself. And as is completely predictable, you have you take a sports story, which is really, really interesting. And then we divide it along political lines and it becomes things. The mental gymnastics that people go to are absolutely positively ridiculous on both of these polar opposite spectrums, which lacks the reality of the actual situation. Reality of it. You know, the defenders of Simone Biles will use it as a kind of woke conspiracy. You're going after a successful black woman, which is complete crap. The other side, the super right wing conservative see nobody wants to work, which is complete crap. The whole thing is a joke, making it political. It's a really, really interesting discussion. Really interesting. Because Aaron Rodgers mentioned it today that and he said, and it's really smart. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, like, look, we only think of mental health in terms of depression. I think when people say mental health, everybody's triggered into thinking suicide rates, which are higher now than they have ever been. I believe in the modern history of the United States, despite the fact that we have more people in checks and balances in terms of mental health care than we've ever had previously. We may still not have enough. And there is still simply a taboo to it. Okay, especially in men's sports. But the fact is that there are way more opportunities and places and checks and balances and people who are willing to help and start a conversation. And yet our suicide rates are higher. That's a conversation. But Aaron Rodgers is smart. He's like, look, not all mental health stuff has to do with depression or has to do. He mentioned suicide, but I do think that's what he meant without mentioning it. And he he. He's championing what Simone Biles is doing. And I simply asked a question yesterday because I know the I do know the answer. If LeBron did the same thing in the gold medal game in an NBA finals game, how would it be received? Right. And I, 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 I do get that athletes now are more keenly aware of their mental status but I'll continue to maintain that, like, look, part of what we champion about Michael Jordan and the last dance is his ability to compartmentalize anything else going on in the world and only focus on winning during the 48 minutes that he played basketball games. It was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. And my point has has always remained not just how we would treat LeBron, okay, how we treated Paul George when he said he wasn't in a good mental place in the bu- in the bubble, right? And 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 look, in many ways, I will agree, not necessarily with the treatment, but the idea that like look, look what makes the best athletes the best athletes isn't just that they're more blessed with incredible athleticism. It's the poise and discipline to be able to perform when sometimes their brain's telling them not to. Like the, the greatest hero in modern gymnastics was Kelly Strug, right? Who had the, she had the ankle injury. Now that was a physical injury, but it's also your mind. Like when you go to college, when you play in college sports, like, 
college basketball, you get up, everybody gets up and runs at some point in time in the morning or, or in the afternoon. And the idea of running isn't to get you in shape for basketball. Running on a track doesn't get you in shape for basketball. Does it work on some of the quick twitch if you're doing it right? Yes. Does it get you in better physical condition? I guess. The best way to get in condition for basketball is to, wait for it, play basketball. But the reason that coaches do wind sprints, the co- reason that coaches do up-downs, the reason that coaches do stadium steps, the reason that they run you on a track, regardless of the sport, is to teach you that when your body is telling you, I can't do it anymore, your brain pushes you and your heart and soul and guts push you past your normal limits. That's what makes the best of the best of the best. Everybody's got stuff going on. Matter of fact, I've told people long ago that, and I'll continue, the greatest part about playing a sport at a high level is not just your own ability to compartmentalize everything else going on in the world, but the fact that your sport helps other people forget about their lives. That, that's the power of it. That when you're really into a game or a match or, a, or a, some sort of showdown or a boxing a fight or whatever, you're not thinking of your wife or your kids or your job or taxes or COVID or whatever. That's what sports brings. It is a departure from reality for us. So you are able to give us a gift of escaping reality. Meanwhile, you are able to process your own reality and put it aside for that same period of time and succeed. And now we're being told, wait, no, you don't have to do that. You can have sports on your own terms, which is not the reality. But this comes down to the core of what we've said about how you're trying to raise kids and raise athletes. You want them to be aware of their mental health. You want them to be able to overcome those demons or voices in their heads that tell them they can't do what they can do. And and they can clearly do it. And I, and I will tell you that whether it's depression or as uh, as Aaron Rodgers said, mental fogginess, it holds you back. I'm the no one can speak to it as much as I can. I can stand out of my driveway and make ninety out of hundred free throws, but I couldn't stand on a on a basketball court in a, in a college basketball game and make fifty out of hundred. That's your brain. So I know the power of the eight pounds above your neck. Some of you 10 or 12, some of you slightly less. You got the Beetlejuice thing going. But that said, okay, we're still at the same place we were previously. I get and respect that Simone Biles has all this pressure on her, that everybody's depending upon her, that it's a lot. It's a lot. But that's the job. That's the job. And remember, her job and the people who comment on her job are far nicer and sweeter and wonderful and thoughtful compared to men's sports. Yet I'm told, I'm told by, by, by any voice that wants to listen, hey, we're in a new era. We need to treat women's sports just as we treat men's sports in terms of compensation and the amount of content. Okay. You do understand the pressure that goes with it. You do understand the commentary that goes with it. 
so this this idea that we're all wrong in how we've been taught about sports for a hundred years and all the people we have championed and all the stories we have shared of people overcoming things in their lives in order to become the greats of all time. Think about the things you celebrate, the moments in sports that you love. So many of them are based upon the backstory of, man, I cannot believe what that guy went through. DJ Hushmanzada is going to join us in, in 10 minutes. You go listen to my all ball pod with him. He details the fact that his, his mom was on drugs didn't have a dad that was around. He turned to selling drugs when he was in Oklahoma City. He moved and they moved to Barstow, California. He never graduated from college. And yet he went through all of this stuff in terms of selling drugs and not going to school and being kind of a screw up and having this, this tough lifestyle to making it in the NFL as a seventh round draft pick, junior college to Oregon State to the NFL. And now he's... He's an absolute savant at the position. He's one of the most respected players okay, that I can think of that played in the NFL. When TJ speaks about his position, Pro Bowl wide receivers listen. He is the best teacher of the craft out there. And yet a good portion of it is his story. You don't think there was pressure on him to perform? You don't think there were dark times there? And I guess the question is, how do we, do we, are, are we now okay with guys just ducking out and ladies ducking out of the biggest competitions of their lives, especially when they represent all of us? If, if, if that's the case, okay. You know, okay. If it's not the case, then why are we applauding it? Is there no way she could overcome these demons to perform? She had those demons in the previous Olympics and was magnificent. Why is the pressure so great now? Is it the extra year? Is it how her, her name, image, and likeness has grown exponentially to where now people are calling her the greatest of all time? Like, what is it? Here we are, day two of the Simone Biles thing, and I think it's growing more fascinating as people try and take it and make some political nonsense out of it, it's just a discussion about sports and mental health. And can you do we do we do you push through or do you step aside? We have always been taught that in sports, the best of the best of the best push through. That's what it's about. That's what true toughness is. But now we're being taught the opposite. It's very confusing. Very confusing. Uh, apparently, CNN used uh, my Twitter video um, about Simone Biles, but they labeled it white. What was it? Uh, white, white male. Achieve. White male. <laughs> white Hold male. On. Uh, white male talking heads take shots at Simone Biles. Wow. White, white male talking heads. All right. CNN, listen. I understand it used to be the home for news. Like during the first Persian Gulf War, do you guys remember when CNN had the live footage of what looked like lasers in the dark? I was in eighth grade the second time. Um, and so this is 2001, right? Wasn't it 2001? I think 2000, January 2001 or February 2001, the first uh, Persian Gulf War, right? I remember you used to be, but now this is what we do. Like, like you, a news organization 
which is a legit news organization, like chooses to make everything about race. Like, what are we doing? Simone Biles not performing has nothing to do with her being black. Zero. It has to do with a superstar athlete. Some people consider the greatest in the history of her sport in the culmination of her career. Having a bad vault, being in a bad mental health space and going, I'm out. And us starting a discussion about it. And my points, which are completely and totally valid, which is like, hey, if you want to be you, I, I get this and you'll get it from CNN. You got it from CNN, a completely uneven treatment of the women's national team wanting to be compensated at a level that the men's team and like not even doing any research and going like, hey, actually, they make a bigger percentage of the cut. Only the cut is far smaller because not as many people care about women's soccer. Like, again, you're you're if you want. And, and by the way, OK, the U.S. women's national soccer team is widely considered the greatest on Earth. Haven't always won, but the greatest on Earth. They, we are the men's basketball team. It's 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 some. Have you heard any discussion or criticism of the women losing so so far in, in Tokyo? Has anybody, I mean, like, look, I know we don't, I mean, I, I'll get to why we don't, but have you heard anybody? What about the men's team? Well, they, they lost to France. Uh, I've, I've heard and read on this network and others, we got a Popovich problem. Um, I've talked about the culture problem. We've talked with Rick Bukers uh, said we have a big man problem. Right. No commentary. And, and what is the difference? The difference is, and this is the reality to it. Anytime you will have women's sports tell us, hey, we want equal treatment. Okay, cool. You lose. We can be critical. Whoa, you're being so unfair to us. Which is, which is it? Which is it? If you want to be treated equally, fine. Step into the fire. Well, the pressure is too much. The, the, the negativity. By the way, there is no negativity towards women's sports. It doesn't, doesn't occur. No one has questioned Simone Biles' talent ever. No one's called her a choker ever. No one's actually even said those things. And please don't give me like some one-off tweeter. Like, who cares? The reality is men and women are different. We're, we're different. We're different for the most part in terms of how we handle things emotionally. Sometimes our levels of thoughtfulness, how we handle criticism, how we handle competition. We're the same creatures, but we're different. The X and the Y are very different. But please don't tell me like I we want to be treated exactly the same. Okay, here you go. Because <laughs> that's not accurate. That continues to be my point. And it continues to be the, and like, I believe that we were unfair to Paul George last year when he's like, man, I wasn't in a good mental space. Cause I know other people in the NBA, in the bubble, weren't in a good mental space. Now, how we look at it is how sports has always looked at it, which is like, okay, you're not feeling good. Get in there and fix it. <laughs> right. Figure it out. Figure it out. But the labeling of like making it about race when there's like, that is such that is such that you're doing mental gymnastics in order to make that happen is so silly. Matter of fact, it's stupid. And it, what it does is it hurts your credibility. Make it about what it's about. If you want to 
say that I'm a male chauvinist pig because I'm because I'm questioning how we would if you want to be equal, how we would view that. Fine. I'm not a male chauvinist pig, but feel free, because actually a chauvinist says we should treat women differently than we treat men. That's just the reality to it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to watch college hoops during this year's tournament? You have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all their cool, specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores. They're in the hometown of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate has over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for big games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book... Get up to 30% off of your stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location up to 30% off. Go book your stays at graduatehotels.com.
Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. So Zach Wilson is one of two unsigned first-round draft picks. And um, the reason is he wants to, the, the front office is hoping to defer millions in signing bonus money to 2022. Normally, the top two picks get their signing bonus money up front. Joe Burrow did. Trevor Lawrence did. Nick Bosa did. Chase Young did. Okay. They received their signing bonuses within 30 days of inking their respective uh, rookie deals. Um, the Jets did this with Sam Darnold. He got his entire signing bonus 15 days after signing, as was reported on uh, social media and the media. Okay. Um, now, that was Mike McCagnin's draft pick, not Joe Douglas's. So some of this just comes down to the devil being in the details and whether or not you're going to um, the wording of the contract. Okay. The wording of the contract in terms of if for some reason, Zach Wilson was cut in the last year or two of years of his deal. And then he signed, is there offset language or whatever? This does relate to the Aaron Rodgers story. Okay. What NFL teams don't want or what they want is a lot like the court of law. Okay. You don't want to be able to cite precedent. Do you guys remember that uh, you want to talk about a movie that would have no chance of being made today? Do you remember the, this is it, was it C Thomas Howell who made soul man Ramos? That is, that is correct. C okay. Thomas Howell. Okay. Do you uh, Lee, do you, are you old enough to remember Soul Man, the movie? No, I actually haven't seen Soul Man. Have not? Okay. Uh, wh- how old were you in 1986? I was uh, just about to be born. I was born in uh, 80, 88. Okay. Bayer, do you remember Soul Man? No. C. Thomas Howell, no? no. Um, okay. So C. Thomas Howell was a law student who pretended to be black in order to get a full scholarship I think was it to it was to Harvard Law School, right? I believe it's Harvard, yes. Yeah, and he used uh, tanning pills in larger doses than prescribed to appear to be uh, African American, and then he finds out that prejudice and racism exist simply because of the color of his skin. It's actually a really it's a funny movie, but it's a really interesting look at or perspective at in the eighties what it might have been like to be a Harvard law student if you were black. Okay. But one of the, like the money lines is it is the, the precedent and he's not paying attention in a law school class. And he stands up and says, the precedent, sir, is Ronald Reagan, right? Well, the, the precedent and precedent president, obviously two different things. What the, what the NFL teams don't want is they don't want a, a negative precedent. This is what happened with the, with the chargers with Joey Bosa. They didn't want to change the offset language. So I understand that players are like, he's a quarterback. He's your number two pick. What are we doing? Get him signed. 
get him in camp. But the fact is that the Jets have time on their side. They're not expecting to be good this year. He's not going anywhere else. He's not re-entering the draft. They've already made him the face of, he's the face of the Jets. Like Joe Douglas handpicked him. And while you can sit there and cite Mike McCagnan and his policies, Joe Douglas is like, nah, I'm not doing it. Because if I do it for him, I got to do it for all the other first round draft picks that I have. No, thanks. Which kind of brings us to the Packers, which is where I I do actually understand the Packers and some of their stances. Like we don't want to do these things because if we give that to Aaron Rodgers, who don't we give into? This is Aaron Rodgers on Green Bay trying to throw money at him. There wasn't a draft day thing. There were conversations for uh, a number of months leading up to that. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, uh, we'll give you some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. Um, obviously, I didn't show up for the off-season program or minicamp. To me, it was bigger than this. It was about trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. I mean, look, it, fascinating stuff of what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. Shared with us the deal. Like, hey, they came to me. We talked about things. They didn't want to uh, extend me uh, before the draft. He said he had nothing to do with the draft day leaks. I actually tend to believe that. I think the draft day leaks were all about the Niners thinking they had a chance at a deal and they leaked it out there. They leaked it out there. Because they, they thought they could plant the seeds of dysfunction. Here's Aaron Rodgers on not having talks about an extension. There was a part of me that did think that there would be conversation about an extension. You know, based on my cap number this season, next season, it seemed natural based on the way I played to at least have a conversation about it. It wasn't a conversation. Uh, Not until into May. And that, to me, seemed like uh, an analogy that you guys understand. You guys have a fantastic year at work. You write some great stories. You go to your boss and say, I just had an incredible year. I think I deserve a pay raise or, you know, some security. And the boss says, yeah, let's just see how it goes. A couple months down the line, you get another job opportunity. You go back to your boss and say, hey, I got this amazing job opportunity. And we say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 we, we love you. We want you. To, we do want you to stick around. We, you know, we do. We do care about you. Just have the same uh, feeling. Honestly, that's the biggest problem, I think, in my industry, in every industry. Like what, what Aaron Rodgers is feeling is real, but it's also completely relatable. Look, ESPN has changed 50 times over since I left in 2012. That was nine years ago. But every person who worked there when I was there shared generally the same opinion, which was they didn't lose you because of their last contract offer. They lost you because you're their first contract offer. Let me say that again. They didn't lose you because their last contract offer. They lost you because of their first contract offer. What's that mean? My, my first contract at ESPN, I won't tell you how much I made. That's not, I, I don't want to share that. It doesn't really matter. Okay? But the only reason I made what I made for what I was doing was I was doing a radio show in Oklahoma City and doing games. And I got offered a job. Actually, Jason Whitlock helped me get offered a job in Kansas City. And that became kind of the baseline of, hey, if you want to get me up here, you have to go above and beyond this. But I, the way the way every contract is structured differently there, unlike NFL contracts, which are all generally structured the same because of a, a union. 
But the way in which deals are structured there is I was doing a radio show at night, six hours a week, six hours a night, four days a week, 200 shows a year. I think it was 200. Maybe it was 180. I think it was 180 to start. And I had eight college basketball games. If I appeared in a college basketball game or studio show above and beyond those eight, I got paid a set amount. It's called an overage. If I appeared anywhere outside of radio on a day in which I did radio, I got paid nothing. If I did it on a day in which I wasn't on radio, I got paid a, a, a nominal overage fee. That deal was a three-year deal, I believe, with a one-year option. And at the end of year three or year four or whatever, I had, I was, I should have been making far above that. And my first contract offer was more than I was previously making in terms of my actual contract. But when you added in any sort of bonuses or any sort of overage, it was actually less than I was making. Like, hey, I mean, just imagine this, like, right? Like you, you sign on a job to make $50,000, but the bonuses take you to $75,000. And then three years in, your boss is like, hey, guess what? We're going to extend you. We're going to give you a $20,000 raise. And you're like, yes, $70,000. Like, well, wait a second. I make 75, <laughs> Right. And so eventually they get to the number where you're, you're like, all right, we got to a reasonable number. But during the, and then there's like, and the way, it, again, it worked at ESPN is uh, six months before your contract was up, they had to tell you if they were going to re-up you or not. And generally that was when they made their first contract offer. And they wouldn't get down to the hard negotiating until you're like the last month or two of your contract. So whether it's a month, two months, three months, five months, you go going like, they don't value me at all. They haven't been paying attention. They're not even paying attention at all to all the stuff I'm doing. And you're mad. And then you can take other meetings with other people and you might get the same offer. I mean, that honestly, one of the reasons I left, right, was the first offer for my last deal was not, it was not great. It was, I mean, it was a lot of money in terms of the grand scheme of things, what I'm actually doing. But in terms of all the things I was doing and all the things and days and I was off offering up and I'm willing to work and do basketball on the road, basketball in studio, fill in for any TV show, doing shows all through the summer, do my own radio show, do other radio shows. I do all this stuff like, hey, it's a lot. That's the number like it wasn't really a raise. Eventually, six months later, they got to the exact number that I told my agent it needed to be. But I was pissed. Because I've been there nine years. And I was like, man, I've been here nine years in person, 10 years total. And you'd basically offer me a 1% raise. Come on, man. And this is when everybody was, they were just throwing money at people. So I, I get what Aaron Rodgers is saying. I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like, here's where the Packers screwed it up. They, they went willing to talk. And then all of a sudden, but I also think that's how, unfortunately, how business is done. How business is done. What an interesting look at the, at, what, what an interesting look at the Packers organization, how they do business. He was asked to be considered retirement. Take a listen to his answer. Get that one second. This is Aaron Rodgers considerate, whether or not he considered retirement. Aaron, was there a point over the last few months when you seriously considered retirement? Because you might have, and, and at what point did you change your mind and decide to actually come back? 
Yeah, that's definitely something I thought about. You know, I talked about how important being a full-timer was for a, lo a long time. This was the first time to, to spend the off-season away without a COVID year or a lockout year. Um, and I enjoyed it. You know, I really did. I, I took time working on myself and trying to, to better myself in a number of areas where I feel like I could improve based on my own patterns and conditioning. And it was a lot of, a lot of growth in that process. I continued to find joy and happiness and things off the field. Uh, however, there's still a big competitive hole in my body that I need to fill. And as I got back into my workouts, um, I just realized that I know I can still play and I want to still play. And as long as I feel like I can give 100% to the team, then I should still play. I think it's a really thoughtful, interesting answer. I'm not sure it came out the way that he and his agent would like to come out in terms of linking him up to a long-term deal, right? It's like, We've heard Aaron Rodgers wants to play into his 40s, but that's the real Aaron Rodgers. Everything else he shared is the real Aaron Rodgers. And he just told you right there, like, yeah, I actually had a lot of fun not doing anything football-wise. And then I, I still have a competitive hole. How, how long until you fill that hole? Like, we're making, the Packers look like the bad guys, look like the dopes. But the reality of it is, Two years ago, most people, I actually thought he had a better season than most people thought. But the reality is most people thought his skills were declining. He didn't love the process progress of the organization. And oh yeah, by the way, he told people around him, I don't want to play into my 40s. Like I want to have a life. So the Packers have some ammo there to be like, wait, you want us to sign you to an extension? When two years ago, you didn't look great. You've never totally been down with the program. And, oh, yeah, by the way, like you even said to yourself, you enjoyed spending time away from football. You can tell people you want to play till you're 45. The reality is you're not Tom Brady. You're not Russell Wilson. You're not saying all these. This is the real Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. Maybe gave away too much. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to watch college hoops during this year's tournament? You have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all their cool, specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores. They're in the hometown of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate has over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for big games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book... Get up to 30% off of your stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stays at graduatehotels.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Let's welcome in Pete Doherty, who joins us in the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Pete, uh, your first reaction when you hear it played over again? Yeah, it's funny. I was just... Um rewatching the the press conference because there was a lot to digest there. Um, I come away from it thinking he wants his voice heard in personnel. That's really important to him. And he feels like it hasn't been listened to at all. And he, I think the Colts, I don't know how they, how Pullian and Manning, you know, what kind of relationship they had there, but he wants more of what he thinks Brady has down in, in Tampa now, he just wants a significant voice, at least about some things on offense when it comes to to personnel. Um, and I think we all probably have our own opinions on whether that's a good or bad idea. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do think there's a reality to it where he's like, you know, some guys were lowballed, some guys were like the the problem with these players there is an emotional tie and i under i actually understood what he was talking he's like look i know everything in this organization i can tell you what it's really like and what it's really like as far as work ethic like i just i want to be a resource there 
the the problem runs into if he doesn't get the answer that he wants, right? Like if it's like a Jordy Nelson 2.0, for example. Hey, we're going to have to cut Jordy. Like, nah, listen, Jordy's really important. Like, I get it, but he can't play anymore. <laughs> what happens if he gets the answer he doesn't want? I think that's got to be the organization's biggest fear, no? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just, from what you're saying there, I'm guessing that you and I think quite a bit alike on this because, you know, I wrote down the names he went through. Woodson, Nelson, Peppers, Matthews, uh, James Jones, Randall Cobb, uh, John Kuhn. I mean, you go through that list, Brambalaga, I think you have a pretty strong argument they should have cut every one of them or moved on from every one of them when they did. I mean, all were really good players and great guys to have in your team, but it's a young man's game. And, you know, between all the cap considerations and, and players in decline and how fast they decline in this league, you know, I, I think they made the right call on one of them. Maybe you could argue they should have kept Woodson a couple of years or another year or two longer. But the rest of them, I think they were right to move on, you know, when they did. And, you know, he said something in the middle of the press conference about, you know, how much he loves his uh, – he loves and cares about his teammates, and that's why he should be a resource in this. But I think that's kind of would be one of the problems is he gets attached to guys yeah. and it's he's going to want them to stay. And that's why you don't have players making personnel decisions. That's why a lot of teams would want to separate coach and GM because they want that GM voice to say to the coach – I know you love this guy, but we got to move on. I, I I appreciate and my my few interactions with Aaron on a personal level. This is kind of the real Aaron Rodgers, right? This is who he really is, and his real thoughts. And there's no. I like the fact that it wasn't a BS press conference. He's not Russell Wilson in the oh we love each other. You know, it's like it's not, on the other hand, here's the real question: Did he make it better by what he said and how he said it today? No, he definitely did not make it better. I don't know that he made anything worse. Maybe a little bit. I'm sure the Packers front office isn't real thrilled about it. But uh, no, it didn't make anything better. But it, uh, I'm sure he felt the need to explain to everybody who follows the team and the league closely about his thinking. And he's, I mean, he's a super bright guy and really articulate. So he laid out his position really well. But uh, no, it didn't. Uh, it didn't make anything better. In fact, I mean, you walk away from this. I walked away from it thinking, you know, yeah, this probably is going to be his last year. Now, we also got to remember things change a lot over six months in the NFL totally. season. It's like, dog, it's like dog years, right? You know? So things could be – the landscape could be totally different come January and February. Yeah, I, we, but, I know we're all, we're all dug in on this as the last year, but he's still under contract next year. Uh, they still could franchise tag Devontae Adams whether they want to or not. And there's there's no reason that – if they win, or even if they get to the Super Bowl and lose, the motivation of we're really, really close, there's no reason to, to, to close the book on it because things change so dramatically. And, you know, for example, a San Francisco might not be an option. A Denver might not be an option um, um, uh, next year. Um, the Randall Cobb thing, okay? I, he hasn't been healthy the past couple of years. They bring him back, but they have a replacement who they just drafted how does that all work in terms of the numbers yeah, game of getting them on a field on the field? Yeah, it uses up cap room that they really don't have to spare because they're going to need some of it rolled over to next year because they're in really bad shape next year. Um, I don't think it's a good move. I mean, maybe the guy will play well, and he and Rogers had a really good chemistry. But I mean, the guy's five ten in the quarter. He's had injury issues. He turns thirty one in August. He was a really good player for him. Cobb was, 
but he's going to be 31 and he's a small target and he's not as dynamic as he was. And they've got younger, bigger possession receivers, you know, like, uh, you know, Funches is, is playing this year uh, after missing with COVID last year because of, a, uh, you know, he opted out. Uh, Lazard is coming into his own third year guy. Um, they're both six five. They're huge targets. So, I yeah, I think this is probably this is a bad move. This is the kind of there's a reason that they moved on from Cobb. You know when they did, and um, they did it obviously to appease him. And maybe they'll do more stuff like this during you know through the course of the year and listen to him more. That'll make him feel like he's got a voice now, and you know convinces him to possibly do an extension with him. But he gave off the vibe and basically said right you know as of right now nothing had changed and. That he felt like he really wasn't being listened to any more than he had been, even though obviously, I mean, there's no way they do this trade for Cobb if it wasn't part of him returning. Rogers, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it does feel weird. Like on one hand, he's like they're not listening to him. On the other hand, like wait, they just made a move for Randall Cobb, who they don't actually need. It's the opposite of what you're opposite yeah. of, of of what you're saying. Um, okay, so what about the vibe within the team? Cause I do think that one of the kind of sneaky secrets to what he was able to do, whether he wanted intended to, and I do think he intended to, cause Aaron's a really, really smart guy is even though he showed there is no, there isn't the same player empowerment in the NFL. There is in the NBA. He did galvanize all these other players around the league. Like, yeah, we should be treated better. And we should, um, what is it like in Green Bay now with Aaron Rodgers back in terms of that locker room? You know, I was really, you know, locker room's not open because of the COVID still. So it's tough to get a feel for that. I was really curious to see how the fans would react because there's fans back at practice this year. And there was probably 5,000 of them out there. And when the team ran out of the Hudson Center onto the, that's their indoor facility, onto the practice field behind it. Um, everybody cheered. I didn't hear a boo. And when the offensive defense split to opposite ends of the field, things got kind of quiet because they were just running pass routes on air. One fan yelled out, uh, Aaron Rodgers, welcome back. Uh, a little bit later, he threw a pass just, you know, to a receiver running a route on air, and somebody yelled out, nice pass, Rodgers. And uh, going through the practice, he seemed loose, um, easy going. Uh, it had the same feel as a practice would have three years ago if you didn't know all this was going on. You would have had no sense that um, of the offseason that the Packers had. So as far as that goes, it seemed like a normal start to training camp. Um, are they bet? Are they they reworked the offensive line? Is it better? I don't know if it's better, but it's. Um, I don't know that it's any worse, especially when Bakhtiari comes back. You know, assuming that he's playing okay, they they should be just fine. And I think the difference in their offense this year will be, you know, they drafted that A.J. Dillon, and he didn't play much last year. But when he did play, the one game he played a lot, he rushed for over 100 yards. And he's a much better threat with the ball in his hands than Jamal Williams was last year. So when Aaron Jones comes off the field, A.J. Dillon will be on, and they'll have a better running game, which everybody complains about they're the Packers not doing anything to help Rodgers. Well, beefing up that running game sure helped him. And so having – a guy of Dylan's caliber on the field, if he's as good as he looked when he played last year, now they're going to always have a good running threat on the field for all their offensive plays, which uh, which helps Rodgers. So looking for improvement from the Packers on offense, that's probably the most likely place where it can come. Yeah, and then, of course, the, the, the Packers defense, 
Uh, they brought King back, but they, they changed schemes. Um, how different is the Packers' defense from last year? Yeah, it's hard to tell because in the offseason practices, you couldn't tell much. Joe Barry, the new coordinator who came from the Rams, so he's going to run that system. Um, you know, he would just – he would not – I asked him – we all asked him question after question about it, and he just, he just didn't reveal anything. He talked a lot but didn't reveal anything about what the defense is going to look like. It'll look like what the Rams did last year. Um, I think they have talent. They got talent at every level, pass rushers, uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the league in Clark. Uh, two good safeties. Alexander's one of the, I don't know, three or four or five best corners in the league. Sure. Um, so they have, they have talent on that side of the ball. So, I mean, there's, I mean, really objectively looking at it, their chances should be about as good as anybody's. Pete Darty joining us uh, from the Green Bay Press Gazette, also works for USA Today. Okay, so last thing. And again, you can't pull every Green Bay Packer fan, somebody yells something out, but. Green Bay as a city, as an organization, just at a fan base, very different from the rest of the, the NFL world. Um, if you were to go to a bar in Green Bay and say the name Aaron Rodgers, what would the feelings be today? So the feeling I got just from running into acquaintances all summer, checking, you know, Twitter comments, uh, emails, things from people I know, things like that. I thought it was probably 70-30 that people were more upset with Rodgers than with the team. That'd just be my best guess. Um, and that probably still might hold true. But, you know, thinking he's in the wrong is different than just wanting him out. You know, I don't think – I think the percentage of people who just wanted him traded after this was still – you know, wasn't nearly that high. It was probably fairly low still. So I guess you, you mention it now, and especially people will read all this stuff and – they're probably just, you know, happy he's going to be here this year because it's a promising season. I don't know how much further it would go than that. I'm sure some people are, you know, I know some people were were, were done with him after all this, but um, I would guess the majority just feel pretty good that he's back this year and they have, this team has a chance to to do big things. All right, my, my personal question is this. Um, I've never been to Lambeau. I've been invited several times. I almost went. I was supposed to go Favre's first game back with the Vikings when the when the Vikings won, uh, but I but I didn't. John Anderson's mom decided to use the tickets that she had. Okay, so hmm. if we got to operate on this, it might be the last year for for uh, Aaron Rodgers and maybe Devontae Adams uh, in Green Bay. Okay, Lions. I'm going to pass on. It's in September. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. I'm sure it'll be a bloodletting. But I don't want to see the Lions. Okay, you got Steelers, Big Ben. They don't. They come there once every eight years. You got Washington Football Team, playoff team, great defensive pass rush, historical significance of those team two franchises. Seahawks, a team they play. It seems like yearly in the playoffs. And Rogers clearly hates Russell Wilson. Right, hates Russell Wilson. Rams, who they beat last year in the playoffs, and they loaded up with Matt Stafford. Bears, longest running rivalry in the National Football League. Browns, again, once every eight years and maybe a championship level team or the Vikings, which would potentially be his last home game or last regular season home game in a Packers uniform. You can only pick one, Pete. What would it be? I think I'd go Rams to get a look at uh, how Stafford is with that team. And that was also, I can't remember the date of that game, but it's earlier in the schedule. I would have zero desires set up in that stadium in December or January. So uh, that, anything, that uh, one's November 28th. That one's after Thanksgiving. Oh, so that's a no. So that, I thought that too. I thought, here's what I thought. I thought Steelers 
because it's October 3rd, still could be pretty nice and pretty cool, or Seahawks, which is the 14th of November, where you could get a little bit of cold. So you go like, hey, I've been to Lambeau. It's cold. I just wasn't there when it was frozen tundra. Steelers would be the best one because on October 3rd, you could catch uh, – it could even be a 70-degree day if you get lucky. So that could be really nice. And it's, uh, it's a neat old stadium. You'll, uh, if you go, you'll really dig it. All right, Pete, thanks for, for joining us. I'm sure you're going to enjoy all the work you get to do on this and all the stories the Packers leading up to the season. We appreciate you being our guest. Uh, thanks for having me, Doug. All right, it's Pete Doherty, who, of course, writes for the uh, Green Bay Press-Gazette and USA Today with the Wisconsin Network. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip, stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30 plus hotels in the best college towns and get this, you can save up to 30% off with code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So, here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. 